Today on this Speech Uncensored podcast, we're learning about a no-frills, direct, easy-to-use way to achieve voice banking. I got to sit down with Ella Gorbitz of The Voice Keeper, um, an Israeli company that is finding ways to make voice banking as accessible and achievable for as many people as possible. If you have an iPhone, you can start banking your voice and hearing it and listening to the progress and how it's coming along as you're recording sentences. So it was a real fun talk and I learned a lot and especially a lot about this particular tool as we dove in deep to learn about how the voice keeper is working in this space and how it can be utilized. All right, so without further ado, I'm going to hand it over to our interview. I am Leanne Porter, your host, and this is the Speech Uncensored Podcast. Hi, Alec. How's it going today? Hi, Lee. It's actually cool. Quite late in the evening here in Israel, but it's quite all right. Good, good. I am so excited to have you on the podcast today to talk about voice banking and a company that you have founded that does this work uh, called The Voice Keeper. So um, let's start with you, though. I want to learn more about you. Um, tell me about yourself, please. Well, sure. Um, I'm actually working on these technologies, on speech technologies, since my graduation back in 2001, I think it was. I'm an electrical engineer, and I majored in uh, signal processing, speech processing, and communication. And the course of work just took me to work on speech recognition and voice speech to text and text to speech technologies, which are more or less, they're very similar technologies. Um, in 2011, I founded my company, Almagu. Um, we started working on text to speech solution. It's more generic than just voice banking. And we started to work on text to speech for Hebrew because we saw that there are, there were no good solution for TTS text-to-speech in Hebrew. So I simply wrote, wrote one myself and, and started selling it and getting to know this market and the people that need it and the people that use it. And, and we ended up a few years after that, we are the de facto standard of text-to-speech for Hebrew. We, have, we are selling to every niche and market from educational, government, banks, um, whatever product, project that needs text-to-speech, we are there, including, of course, the, the AAC market, which we are familiar with almost from day one. And our software is, um, the text-to-speech software is given by the government to people with special communication needs, so we're rather familiar with this market. Excellent. Okay. So um, tell me about, so did VoiceKeeper come about in 2011 or shortly after that? Well, the story is, it's actually a story because we, we weren't even familiar with the term voice banking. We were simply working on text-to-speech for, um, among others, for ALS patients. And in 2015, it was we were asked by an ALS patient to, to try and create a voice based on his past recordings. He already lost his voice, so he had some old recordings that he did prematurely. He thought that he would be able to use them to create his own voice. He's, I think he brought the idea to Israel. 
and we started to work on his recordings, but the recordings were, they weren't in high enough quality. They weren't good, not in the quantity and of course not in quality. And the technology back in 2015 wasn't good enough. So it's actually was a very frustrating experience for us all because we really hoped that we could create a voice for him, but not with the recordings that we had at this time. So we just kept it in the back of our head until about two or three years after that, I think it was beginning of 2018, that we learned some new text-to-speech technologies. Uh, they, call, they are called DNN, Deep Neural Networks. Uh, and we found out that these technologies are very strong in, in capturing voices. Uh, for the previous generation voices, you needed to have a lot of effort in recording and, you know, and making sure that the recording is perfect. DNNs are so powerful that, you know, with even recordings that are not done, not in a studio and not by a professional speaker, even from them, we got rather good voices. So at that time, we understood that we may have something, you know, to create voices for individuals, what we call now voice banking. Okay. So I really like learning about kind of that, that path you've traveled going from like um, talk to text or, or would it be the other way around text to talk and getting into um, voice banking and meeting that need and how that need kind of arose organically. And then you've been working to fill that need since then. So for our listeners who are um, just joining us, maybe we should talk a little bit about exactly what voice banking is and what the purpose of that is. Well, voice banking, I think they can be seen as simply, well, we are, I hope that our listeners are familiar with the text-to-speech technologies, which is which are actually the voice for people who can talk. So voice banking, I see as only a natural evolution. It's not using a generic uh, commercial off-the-shelf voice, but creating your own voice, your unique voice. This is basically it. Just create your own, be unique, be personal. It's very easy to create um, a, t- a TTS engine you know, in our time, this is what voice banking is about, creating your own text-to-speech engine. Okay. So, yeah, we're creating a digital synthesized voice that sounds and acts like our natural voice to replace it in the case of losing it due to the progression of a disease pattern or something to that nature. Exactly. I think that there are two major use cases for voice banking or first personalized text-to-speech voices. First of all is um, ALS or MND patients. I think that there are 99% of the people that know in advance that they are about to lose their voice. Um, so they can create a text-to-speech engine, you know, f- for their later use. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, for other, I think... Diseases, nobody knows in advance that he is about to lose his voice, so nobody will bank his voice. I don't think people will do that. But when you know that you may lose your voice, yes, so you will create, you try to create a digital version of your voice. And I will talk a bit, a bit later about how close this digital version to your voice really is. There is another, another market that can benefit from creating personal voice, and this is uh, kids. You know, children's voices. Yes, for now. I think we have this problem in Israel. I know it's in the States, it's more or less the same. There isn't a large selection of children's voices. Oh, like to place on AAC devices? Devices, yes. Okay. So another option with this technology is simply creating a unique voice, let's say by, by the brother or sister of, of you know, for a kid that is using an AAC device. 
then we can create something unique that, you know, that will sound, you know, belongs to his blood, to his family. It doesn't have to sound generic. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. That's a really great point. Um, we touched on this very, very briefly. You talked about a pretty significant change in technology and availability um, in 2018 being the DDN, the deep neural net networks. So prior to that, it took an extensive amount of time and effort and needing really, really high quality technology and tools like a specific kind of microphone to record your voice at a high enough caliber to make a decent synthesized voice. But it sounds like the technology has shifted and it's changed that need. Can you talk a little bit about that? Of course, yes. This is more or less the story. The, the technologies that came before DNN, they were technologies that use broke. You know, you were asked to record a lot of sentences. They broke your speech into small fragments and they concatenated them together. So it was really art because if your recordings were good and uniform, you know, the same voice and the same mood and whatever, this stitching worked very well. But people don't always record, you know, you won't record the thousand sentences in, in one seat, in, 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 one ses- in one session. So the quality is different. And these technologies, the previous technologies worked perfectly well for a very, very, very expensive recording, you know, with a voice talent in a studio. But when persons like you and me start to record, we don't have this quality. So the performance of the previous technologies, they're, they're really dependent they're not stable, but the DNN technology and well, the DNN, you know, the AI era, the neural networks that take over the world now, they're very, very strong and they try to learn how you sound. And in order to give them examples of how you sound, you know, the requirements are much, they're more relaxed. Just speak, just be natural, be yourself. And they're strong. They learn. The downside is that it's not real speech. It's synthesized speech. You know, on the previous technologies, you had fragments of your real voice stitched together. So it was sometimes clanky, but it was your voice. And with DNA technologies, it's very smooth and, you know, it rhymes well, but it's synthesized. Now, for some people, their speech is very similar to their own. And for some people, you know, there is a, there might be a greater distance between how they sound. It will capture some aspects of their voice. But the great benefit is that you don't need to be a, a superhero to, to record perfectly. You can just record with a good microphone, even with an app, you know, in our solution, and it will be just fine. And I think it's very important because, you know, we're, we're not professionals and most people don't have the time or knowledge or, or the studio to create perfect recordings. And now I'm coming back to the story of this person that approached us in 2000, 2015. This was the second lesson that we learned. First, the technology back then wasn't mature. We didn't have DNNs. But the second thing is how to make sure that the user records good audio samples. Because if the user would just do it by himself, uh, connect a, a microphone or a recorder and a recorder app and start speaking, there is a chance that the recordings won't be good enough. We needed to build a system that will help the user record Sentences that are proper for training and text-to-speech engine. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, let's use the voice keeper as an example. Walk me through the steps of someone 
sitting down to record their voice, what, what do they do? Do they grab a computer? Do they need a microphone? Do they just pick up their phone? Like, what's the situation? Well, first of all, indeed, our goal was to make it as robust as possible, meaning that to maximize the chance that when a person starts recording, his voice will come up good. So we took few steps or features to make that happen. Um, and there are actually a few paths, paths that you can take to, to record your voice. You can do it either with your um, computer, whether it's a laptop or a desktop and the browser, uh, but then we ask you to use a USB headset. And actually the USB headset is the greatest tip I think I can give to anyone creating his own voice. I don't think that there is something that has a greater effect on the end product quality uh, aside from using a USB headset. Okay, so that's kind of like your pro tip. Like if you guys take nothing else away from this. <laughs> like Use a USB, yeah, USB headset, that's correct. <laughs> It really makes the difference. Good, good. But, but people don't always have USB headset handy. Mm -hmm. So we thought of where will we get a good quality, high quality microphone? And the answer to that is the iPhone. The iPhone has superb microphone. I think it's, you know, only slightly less perfect than a USB headset. And I think half of the people in the U.S. have iPhones in their pockets. Yeah, it's a really high percentage. I'm not one of them. I'm a holdout. <laughs> I'm sticking <laughs> with Android for now. <laughs> but a ton of people have Apple, yes. <laughs> I think that at the end of the day, we will have an Android app as well to record your voice. But anyway, we found out that the iPhone's microphone is superb and people have it handy. So we just created an app that people can record their voice on the app. It's not a simple recorder app. You just, you, you know, you don't have to think of sentences to record. You log in, you register, you create an account, you know, so we can email you when your voice is ready or, or et cetera. And you see sentences on the screen and you just need to read them out loud. That's basically it. You can do it either on the desktop or on the iPhone. On the desktop, we recommend that you use a USB headset. But if you're on the iPhone, use the app. There is actually no other option. If you're on an iPhone, it will ask you to install an app. You read the sentences, um, and that, that's more or less it. The, um, the second important thing that I think that uh, differentiates us from other solutions is the amount of sentences that you need to record. Mm. We actually got discovered it by, by accident. We didn't know how many sentences are required. We're actually asked this question all the time. How, um, what is the time commitment required for voice banking? How many sentences you require? We are asked a lot. And we, didn't, we really didn't have the answer for this. So we started experimenting and we created you know, all our stuff in the lab. We started creating voices with uh, 30 sentences and 100 sentences. And we came to two conclusions. First of all, people's voices behave differently. Some people need less you know, a smaller number of sentences and some people need to record much more. So it's individual. And we started investigating it and we saw that it exists also in the literature. This DNN machine is rather a black box. <laughs> some voices it likes more, some voices it likes less. So first of all, there is no number. But we discovered that we don't have to decide in advance on a number. We can just let the user record. We call it the milestone system. 
the milestone-based system, and give him a version of his voice each few minutes. At the beginning, it's uh, three minutes, and then it's uh, each 10 minutes of recording. And then you can hear your voice progress, and you can decide when you want to stop. When you see oh. that there is no improvement, you can stop. Okay, so, all right, so you spend a few minutes recording some sentences, and then you're like, okay, let me hear my synthesized voice. So it plays it for you, and if you're like, I think it could sound better. You go back, you record some more, and then you check back in and you can hear your synthesized voice. Exactly. We actually think it's, you know, it's almost a game because you st- we have a strategy. We create a voice after 30 sentences and after 100 sentences. So both our platforms, after you record 30 sentences, they tell you, listen, it will take us seven minutes now to create your voice. But we recommend that you use these seven minutes of waiting, recording additional 70 sentences. And you will have a much better voice, and we even give examples, some generic examples. So most of our, our users, and now we have we have some experience, you know, to rely on. Most of our users record 100 sentences, and when you record 100 sentences, actually after 30 minutes, it takes 10 minutes to record. And when these 10 minutes end, you already have uh, the voice version of the 30 ready, so you can hear it. And 20 minutes after that, you already you also get the version of the 100. So without doing anything, you have two versions. And when you see the improvement, you say, wow, let's see how, how it improves if I record additional 100. And that's it. You're in the game. Now you continue <laughs> to improve your voice. That's awesome. that's awesome. It works. It really works. It's a game. It turns out to be a game. Yeah, I really believe in the principles of gamification where you're kind of rewarded for the effort that you put in there. And so you're intrinsically motivated to continue to do the work to see the outcome and to see what you're after. And so I think that's a really good system to have in there. It keeps encouraging you to keep making the next step. Yes. And it was made out of laziness because we knew that not only laziness, but we knew that people want they won't finish a much greater milestone if it's 400 or 1,000 sentences. The chances that people will, you know, reach this milestone are much smaller. And, you know, we were even more practical. We thought about the, the caregivers, the professionals, that we wanted them to, to, to try our system. And we just didn't have the heart to, to tell someone, you know, that we're asking you for a favor. Please test our app and give us your feedback, but you need to record 1,000 sentences. How many people do you think would have done that? <laughs> yeah, they'd be like, "Ooh, let me check my schedule." Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Can you remind me in two weeks, in two months, in two years, in two decades, whatever? Yeah, that's another really fascinating principle that I find very helpful, just in my own personal life, to take a big project and break it up into smaller, more manageable chunks. Where exactly. once again, I'm rewarded by making these little steps in progress. Like, "Ooh, look at me go! I'm I'm knocking something else off my to do list," and I'm. I keep making progress towards the end goal of the whole project. So exactly sort of an immediate reward reward or immediate feedback, your Mm -hmm. feedback for the time you're investing. Yeah. Awesome. And then people still ask us, say how many sentences still do I need to record? And then I answer them. It's individual. Mm -hmm. Hear your voice after 200, 300 and decide if it's worth the time for you. And your decision is individual. If you don't have a problem recording, record further until you feel it's, It's no additional gain. Yeah, I like that flexibility too. It's like, it's what you're going to get out what you put into it. That's like literally the game of life. So (laughs) (laughs) the application here is really nice. I like that. (laughs) It really works, you know. 
this is our generation. We need immediate feedback. And if we don't get immediate feedback, we won't do it. That's and, true. That's and this is what I was trying, so, sorry for bringing in. This is what I was trying to say in the beginning. I don't want to make voice banking something big or complex. Voice banking is just a technology to help you create your own text-to-speech engine. That is, that's it, as simple as it can be. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right, so I've got another question for you. Can somebody whose voice has already started to change, maybe take on a more slurred characteristic, be effective in generating a synthesized voice? Like how far gone or how much can their voice change before maybe this isn't a good tool for them to use? Well, we can say that each person should try because the DNS are very powerful in capturing what you have today. So even if you have slightly or mediumly medium slurred speech, do it because first of all, it doesn't cost money to try. So what have you got to lose? Mm. Um, and the DNNs capture your voice as it is now. And the DNN, because of their averaging uh, nature, they average thing. You know, you don't, we don't take real pieces of speech and stitch them together, but we learn how you how you sound. And we even saw that for a few patients. You know, when you have slurred speech. Sometimes you say the phonemes in a non-consistent way. So it means your database is half of the phonemes are said okay or correctly, and half of them are simply gone. And the DNN can average, can average that. So you may be surprised that the DNN, they will, they, well, I don't want to say that they might sound better than you recorded, but they will sound more uniform. Mm. So it, it has uh, the capability of weeding out what some of those errors might be if they're happening. Yeah, if they're small, they will be they will be removed. If they're small. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Cool. Yes, because right, this is so- this is their averaging effort. So effect. So first, I think people should try. There is another thing that we learned. We have two sets of sentences. We have the standard set and we have the uh, short sentence. Short sentences set. And why do we have that? Because we found out that people sometimes. Um, if they have a disease that already started to affect their speech, it's sometimes hard to speak, to say long sentences. So we give we give them the option to read short sentences because the theory says, and it, you know, it, it works also in, in practice, it's better to record short sentences well than, you know, struggle with long sentences. So we simply give you the option to select if you want to record short or long sentences or standard sentences. Oh, good. Right. Um, So I want to ask, once somebody has spent the time to record a voice and they now have a synthesized version of their voice, how can they use it? So let me create a scenario. Like maybe they have a specialized AAC device. Can they take that recording or that, that data and put it on their device? How does that work? Well, there is a very simple answer to that, and it is yes. Most communication devices, almost all communication devices used by ALS patients are Windows-based. And Windows has a common standard called SAPI Speech API that all these communication, the major communication software support. So if the speech engine is SAPI compliant, it simply works. And we are SAPI compliant, so for Windows machine, the answer is absolutely yes. It's very simple, very easy, and you know, sure. Okay, cool. The thing is, but there is an important thing to consider. 
when people bang their voice, they usually don't have communication uh, devices yet. Mm-hmm. So there is, there is a gap in time. You know, from our experience, when an ALS patient has a communication device already, most of the chances that he doesn't have uh, the ability to create a voice anymore. So the other important factor for voice banking is do it early while your voice is strong. Yes. And absolutely. in this stage, you don't need to deploy it anywhere. You just need to know that the voice you created is good. And when time comes, hopefully never, you will be able to deploy it on a Windows-based communication device, which is, at least in Israel, 100% of the people that use communication device, they are Windows-based, ALS okay. patients. Um, are you aware of any type of devices that are not Windows based? Like, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm just curious. Like, I wonder, like, what else is out there, and like, what kind of platform are they using if it's not Windows based? Well, there are iPads, uh, tablets mainly, uh, iPads mm-hmm. and Androids. They are used. I think they are used less by ALS patients or ALS patients only in the early stages of the disease. But they are used mostly as AAC devices for for other cases, and for iPads at least, um, the deployment process is a bit more complex, and we need to have cooperation with the with the app manufacturer. We are in discussions with a few, and I hope that later this year we will be also our vo- the voice keeper will be also integrated in few a few popular apps for iPad. Okay. I think it is slightly bit less relevant for ALS patients. It's more relevant for uh, uh, children's voices and unique voices. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then the other thing I wanted to make sure I hit on is you mentioned earlier that it's free to, to, to build your voice, to record these sentences and to get that feedback after 30 sentences, after 100 sentences of what your synthesized voice would sound like. Um, at what point does this become a, a fee, a cost? And what does that cost look like? Okay, so indeed creating the voice is free. And after you reach a milestone, whether it's 30 sentences or 100 sentences, you get the 30 days to try your voice on our web interface or in the app. And now you have two options. We are aware, or at least hope, that a person created his voice so early that he doesn't really need it. So he needs to bridge the gap between the time he created the voice and the time he needs to use it. This is why we call it the voice keeper. We hope that people will keep their voice for a year, half a year, a year and a half until they need to use it. So to preserve your voice, to keep it for more than the 30 days you get for free, you need to pay $12 and we keep it for you for a year. When you want to deploy it for a Windows device, the price is uh, $300.299. And for iPad applications, the prices will will vary between $70 to $100 and a a few dollars. Okay. All right. Okay, I got it. So you anticipate when people are utilizing this service to record their voice, they don't immediately need to apply it because that that time will come in the future. So for the first year... It's a $12 like uh, storage fee, essentially. Exactly. Okay. And when it's time to use it, when they need to access it and download it on a device, um, depending on what kind of device, then there's a fee for it. Exactly. Okay. I got it. Excellent. And all that information is up on your website, right? Yes, it is. Thevoicekeeper.com. 
Alec, is there anything else that we need to hit on or cover? I don't think so. We indeed covered all the points. And maybe just to wrap up, we will remind the important points, maybe? Yes, please. Let's do. I think that the important points are first that if you need to create a digital voice, voice banking or whatever, do it early while your voice is still strong. And the second, if you can't find a USB headset handy, you can use an iPhone with our app. It's the most handy microphone and it will be superb quality. So it's very handy. I think that these are the points. And as for the milestone system, you will simply see how it works and it will reward you as you record. So we don't need to mention it. It happens as you use it. Okay, excellent. I love it. I love that it's like tied in with really good like public service announcements. Like, friends, you've got to do it early while your voice is strong. Like, don't delay. Don't wait. Do it now. I think that this is our. I think that this is our greatest challenge. That people will be uh, aware of this technology and that they need to do it early because we meet a lot of patients at later stages, and you know when the speech is slurred. We can only, we and the DNNs can only capture what we have now. That's right. Yeah. And we, we can't think, oh, well, I've got lots of other recordings of my voice. Like, sure, the technology has improved, but that doesn't guarantee that they'll be able to make a solid rendition of your voice based on recordings that might not be high enough quality. That's correct. Technically, we can do that. We, we have the option in our website to upload uh, past recordings. It's even sometimes called message banking. But mm-hmm. since we have no control on the recording, uh, not on the quality, not on the quantity, not on what was said, um, mm-hmm. the results are, you know, they, they might vary. Some will be okay, some will be good, and some won't be good enough. When you record through the system, the system tries to make sure that you record in a good quality. If the volume is low or if the um, if you don't speak well, it, it will warn you. It will help you record properly. And if you just record, you know, using a, a device and keep these these recordings, that's that's not the perfect way to do it. That's not the best way to do it. Okay. All right. Well. Thank you so much for your time on sharing the journey that you've been through, kind of how it got you to where you are in creating the voice keeper and the service that it offers and, and how it's um, a little bit different from some other voice banking systems out there that it's utilizing technology in a different way to ease the burden on the person um, wanting to create their voice. I think it's so helpful when we reduce those obstacles and barriers as much as possible um, for people. So thank you for that work. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for your uh, inviting inviting me and all these excellent questions in this stage. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> all right. Well, that's everything. So we'll talk to you later. Thank you very much and bye-bye. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Speech Uncensored podcast. Show notes with links to resources mentioned in the episode are posted on speechuncensored.com. I'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast and leave a thoughtful review on Apple Podcasts. And finally, I'd like to leave you with my wish for you to nourish your mind so that your practice can flourish.